This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.Church forward slash south. Today I'm joined by Stacy Thorpe, our coordinator for Counseling Care. Hey, Stacy. Hey, Daniel. Uh, it is our first episode of season four, I think technically is what this is. I'm counting everything right, which uh, whether you realize it or not, we do have seasons. So it's kind of weird that we have 65 episodes. Not weird. It's like we started this like during COVID quarantine lockdown. Like, hey, here's another way to talk to our people. And here we are, 65 episodes later. Wow. Uh, how was your holidays? Were it was, your yeah, holidays? It was good. We had some illness in the extended family, so it was a little quieter for us. Okay. We were, our family was thankfully healthy, but it was a little quieter and felt a little more stuck at home, but we enjoyed being together. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was quieter for us too. We, uh, just a few, few of us here, no travels to Ohio or Pennsylvania, which would mark most Christmas seasons, but not this year. So today we thought, uh, actually just thinking and speaking with people. So at Bethlehem recently, it's here at South campus, um, a, a faithful member, um, a senior saint passed away. And we thought we'd take, uh, you know, with no um, confidence as betrayed, we're not going to talk about anybody's names or situations or anything like that. We thought we'd take uh, one podcast episode and talk about death, uh, scripturally, um, thinking about it situationally. And Stacy, I thought you'd be great to be here to help us think about and talk about this. So uh, I was struck reading Genesis 1, 2, and 3, so I'm preaching in a, about a month uh, because we're going to start preaching through Genesis in um, uh, in February. It just struck at all the life that God promised and God created, and then the litany uh, there in later in Genesis in the um, uh, in the uh, I can't remember if it's Genesis seven or Genesis eight. Uh, it might even be earlier than that. But the genealogy of this person lived to be such and such an age, and they died. And they died, and they died, and they died. And uh, Paul's words in Romans uh, remind us that, um, you know, from, from Adam on, death reigned. And we see that today. So have you had people close to you die, Stacy? I mean, the first, you know, I've had grandparents pass, and um, but the first that was like, kind of surprising and that really impacted me as a younger person was one of my cousins passed away when he was in his low twenties and it was very unexpected. Yeah. Um, and so since then there hasn't been a lot of death close to me. Um, but I remember being really impacted by that at that age and young in my faith and, um, just the, Brevity of life. Yeah, at that yeah. time. Yeah, I remember a little girl in my kindergarten class was killed in a car accident um, when I was whatever a kindergartner is, five years old, something like that. Since then, um, had friends die suddenly in car accidents or in other fortunate things. I remember witnessing death kind of for the first time in a traumatic way, and all those things leave marks on you. They remind you. That uh, much of the veneer, like just the way that we live, is um, you know so orchestrated and so tidy, uh, and indeed, 
it feels that death is kind of put out of, you know, people's minds in a lot of ways. Like we put older people that are um, perhaps approaching death in places where they are just kind of Mm -hmm. uh, away or uh, it seems like much of society, you know, is designed to distract from the fact that we're all headed in a particular direction and we all will die barring Christ's return. And uh, as all, as Paul says, we all must face the judgment seat of Christ. So, so as I was thinking about what to do for this particular episode, a handful of texts came to mind for me that have been personally significant. So promises um, and just the theological truths that we hold dear. And, you know, I'll bounce it around to you too, Stacey, as, as we go. But I've been reading in my personal Bible reading, Second uh, Corinthians. And so Second Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 5 has been really sweet to me lately. Even as I wrestle with my own, I mean, I mean, I haven't had a middle age crisis yet. I mean, maybe soon, you never know. But uh, I think about 2 Corinthians 5 and Paul's analogy there. Uh, he says this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1 For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked for while we were still in this tent we groan being burdened not that we would be unclothed but that we'd be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life he who has prepared us this very thing is god who's given us the spirit as a guarantee and he goes on um, and says um uh, we know that or that's just the next verse so we are always a good courage we know that while we are at home in the body we are away from the lord so uh, there's a, a way in which, um, in Paul's interesting analogy there, like almost like portraying like the Old Testament tabernacle. It was very temporary and wandering, and it was done with. It was superseded. It was rendered obsolete by a temple being built that was permanent. And of course, that temple was destroyed. But in terms of the analogy that he's building, just the difference of a like a tent that is temporary and a building that's permanent. So too, we look at our present life and the life to come in temporary and permanent terms. Are there other texts that you think are significant for this, Stacey, that have been significant to you or significant in counseling and granting comfort to people? Well, as you were talking, I was thinking of um, 1 Corinthians 13, which I'm memorizing right now with our Bible reading plan yeah, yeah. or our memorization plan. Um, and just, just the idea of um, seeing the Lord face to face yeah, and like along the lines of what you were saying that you we're going to be out of the body and pass and then see him face to face and, you know, eventually get a new resurrected body, but just seeing him face to face, like that's what I think we all are longing for is to be with him yeah, and to see him. Um, and so, I think that takes away some of the sting of death yeah. when you think about that, yep. that you're going to be with him and it's going to be amazing joy. <laughs> yeah. I think of John 11. So Jesus' words to Martha and comforting her, um, you know, he said, uh, so Lazarus has died. Jesus waits so that Lazarus dies there at the beginning of John 11 and then goes, uh, that could be a, a podcast episode in and of itself. 
Um, he does so f- so that his glory and the glory of God might be revealed in this. And Martha, um, you know, you know, Jesus says to her, um, you know, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So we really are mm-hmm. talking about life after death. Like that that is that the resurrection as the sure and steady uh, hope for every believer, not because it's uh, just this thing out there, but because Jesus himself is our resurrection life, uh, provides hope mm-hmm. and makes sense of a lot of the despair that we see. Yeah. What, one other text uh, just I was thinking of just now is First Corinthians 15, something you said, you know, what takes the sting out of death and just the the whole gospel story of Jesus's death, resurrection, and ascension, and now reign, you know, leads Paul to say at the end of 1 Corinthians uh, 15, he says this, the perishable body, this is 1 Corinthians 13, or 15, verse 53, for the perishable body must put on imperishable Mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how is death so terrible? Our indwelling sin means that it leads to eternal condemnation. But when Christ deals with sin, death becomes uh, a gateway to adding something, not a not a, a fundamentally different kind of existence, I think, in a resurrected body, but one stripped away from sin. Mm-hmm. So if somebody were to ask you, Stacy, you never met them before, they come into your counseling room, and they're uh, deeply concerned about dying, they say, Stacy, what happens to us after we die? What What would you say? So not a believer. Not a believer, yeah. Not a believer, or just a believer that just feels really intently the intensely the the oncoming of just mortality, like right. Um, and they're looking for comfort, and they just genuinely want to know what do you think happens mm-hmm. when we die? Right when we die, mm-hmm. what happens? Well, I think we see the Lord, and and then it's going to be: Are you? You know, there's going to be a judgment. Are you? Yep you know, placing your faith in what Christ has done on your behalf for paying for sins, um, or are you not? Yeah. So um, there's a right kind of fear in that. What What is your standing, you yeah. know, and what are you trusting in at that moment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As I process, and so I've got over here on the side here, Heaven by Randy Alcorn, which yep. is a really great, great book. Great book that kind of... Uh, with a lot of scripture and a little bit of sanctified speculation goes at just like, Hey, what will everything from death to heaven to the new heavens and new earth? Like, what do all these things actually look like? Um, I think that one thing that he, he points out is the, uh, the lack of physicality, you know, us dying and leaving our bodies. There is not a, like a body that we suddenly inherit we're spiritual and present with, with God. So uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Or even Paul's words. I think it's is that Philippians one, um, where he's uh, 
you know, he has a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is right. far better, but he yep. knows that it's better to be present with the Philippians um, for this season. And so when we die to be with Christ spiritually as uh, the hope of every believer and, you know, I'm, I get a little particular about this sometimes, but, uh, you know, it does seem like when we see the saints surrounding the throne room in heaven in the, in the book of Revelation, both in Revelation 5, later in Revelation 7, some other other places, while they are swept up in the glory that's there, all is not right. That there is there's a, a sense in which they understand that all is not right on earth. There is a sense in which they long for uh, the, the fullness of God's glory to be present on earth. And so I think that there's a way that we can talk about our experience there uh, short after we die spiritually with God, with Christ, um, and our future existence beyond that when we are reunited with a resurrected body and reunited with loved ones as there's still something further to come. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. still something that's not quite filled out in our experiences, you know, just disembodied spirits with Christ. Mm-hmm. Any other things that are sweet about the scriptures or just the theology of what we believe surrounding death and being present with Christ? Well, th- this is something else I was thinking. I don't know if this is where you were going, but um, just thinking about that story with Jesus and Lazarus dying and him going there and weeping, Yeah, that there is a rightness to um, being grieved at at death, and there's something that's not right about it, that it wasn't meant to be this way, yep. um, and that if you're grieving someone, that's okay, that it's it's right to miss them, and yeah. Um, yeah. for that to be a process. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's right to say, too, um, you know, you missing them, uh, I think sometimes people, they're with Christ, they're happy, they don't even remember any of this. There's nothing, and I think that that may be uh, actually not true. That there's a sense in which those that have left us do miss and do care and do, like especially from the book of Revelation, they, they care about what's taking place on, on earth. Um, and I think that's comforting too, mm-hmm. that there's a, there's a constant, that it, both seeing Christ weep over Lazarus his emotions, like you talk about the, the uh, in his humanity, mm-hmm. the emotions of Christ yep. are deeply involved. That our emotions can be too, and there's nothing to be ashamed of there, mm-hmm. um, and to to lean in in that direction. And thankfully, the Lord has given us, you know, portions of His Word that are lament. Yeah, yeah. To do that and give voice to that. So, Stacy, for somebody who's looking perhaps ahead and they're looking at death and it's producing anxiety as it does for I'm sure everybody in some measure, or perhaps somebody who's looking back on the loss of a loved one and they're grieving. Um, just what's in your, your counselor utility belt? What's in your counselor, you know, grab bag of just things that uh, you would say to somebody who's anxious or grieving? I think the first thing is that the Lord is with you right now in that, um, whether you're looking ahead, you know, and worried about what is death going to be like or that aging process and the unknown of that, or you're looking back 
you know, and grieving someone. Um, the Lord is in this with you right now and cares about you, and He'll be with you each day until you see Him face to face. And that doesn't mean that hard things don't come or there's not pain, but knowing that He is with you, nothing can separate you from His love. Um, I think it it can give just a peace through any situation, even if it's if it is a scary situation or sad. Yeah, Amen. So Second Corinthians, chapter one, verse twenty-two, is significant. So I think about what you just said, like he's with you all the way until you see him and he'll still be with you. So it is uh, 2 Corinthians 1, actually in 21, it's God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And the spirit is our comforter. Yeah. So he's there to bring comfort. Yeah, yeah. So. And um, then I also... Go ahead. <laughs> Just wanted to add that he's also given us other people, you know, this body of believers to be tangible people to love and care for one another. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So to view that as not separate from or a distraction from God's loving care, but that's part of it. I think the other one that speaks about the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, um, uh, this Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, uh, talking about the sealing of the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory, that uh, what do we receive now in the Christian life, this side of heaven? We receive God in part. Mm -hmm. And what do we receive then? God in whole. And yet God in whole is like, that is an eternity of a prospect of growing in relationship with him. Um, so it is not a different kind of thing that we're living now. We are living in the resurrection power of Christ now, yep. and we will be then as yep. well. Amen. Anything else you'd say about this topic, Stacy? Nothing's coming to mind else right now. All right. Stacy, thanks for joining today. Thanks. Thanks.